thank thee tonight for this inspiration. Lord, I believe. We thank as the Father who brought a son one day who had a devil, epileptic. He said, Have mercy on my son, for he's variously vexed with the devil. He said, I can if you believe, for all things are possible to them that believe. Said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I pray to God that tonight that all unbelief will be taken away from this audience of people, knowing that we are, as Paul said, as days have gone by, when I would do good and evil is near. And I pray, God, that you'll take away all unbelief and let pure, holy, unadulterated faith in Jesus Christ predominate tonight in the services. Forgive us of our shortcomings and help us, dear God, to be your children. Worthy someday by his grace to enter into the kingdom that is above. Bless us in every way. Save the ungodly tonight. Grant it, Lord. The backslider, bring him back to home, to church, and to God again. Bring the wayward children back to the grace of God. Heal all the sick and the afflicted tonight, Lord. Bless thy saints. May they rejoice in the glory of God, for we ask that in the name of thy child, Jesus Christ. Amen. You be seated. It's a pleasure to serve the Lord Jesus, to come into his courts with thanksgiving, to make known his, his blessings to the people. And I don't think there's anything greater to talk about in the world today than Jesus Christ, do you think so? Someone said not long ago, said, Brother Branham, you brag too much on Jesus. I don't think so. I think he's worthy of everything I could say about him. I just can't say enough about him. For I know that he's worthy of everything that I would say. And I praise him. We and pray to him, love him, we just can't love him enough. And now, tonight, is, this is about half of our services are finished, as far as we know. And next Tuesday, I think, is the last night of the service. And we pray that, that many people who will look around and consider and see what our Lord has done, watch the cripples. When they're spoke to, it was telling me this morning. Now the meeting always seems to me like I dreamed it. After the Holy Spirit comes and kind of anoints, catches away. It it seems as though I had a dream of it. Many times it's been said to me, Brother Branham, I believe you'd be better if you just simply just call the people up and pray for them. That might be so. But perhaps I have maybe tried to use the gift in another way. It, it seems to go so well in other countries, that, but America is the hardest place in the world to preach the gospel. If there's a place, and I say this with reverence with my hand on the Bible, if there's a place if I had, knew that I was going away from this world tonight, 
if there's a place in the world or a nation that I think that the gospel is needed worse than anywhere I know of is the USA. That's right. The educated heathen is harder to touch than the uneducated. Heathen is unbeliever. And when they become educated, it makes them horrible to touch. They know so much that you can't tell them nothing. Or the man is uneducated, he looks at you, he accepts the gospel, believes God, and gets the results. But we try to figure it all out. You'll never figure God out. He can't be figured out. He's a path finding out. God is not known by education. God's known by faith. By faith. And the only way you can know him. If one-tenth of the things that's happened in this meeting would have happened in South Africa or some of those tribes along there, there'd been tens of thousands of people saved, converted. But yet, we Americans walk away and as the Pharisees of old say it was the devil, Beelzebub. Well, God can't pour his wrath on a just people. It has to be that condition before judgment can come. We are living in that day. God have mercy on us. No wonder Billy Graham said, why can't we have a revival? Well, you can't have a revival but just on theology. You've got to have an old-fashioned, God-sent, sin-killing revival that gets people up the altar and they die out the self in sin. Then we have a revival. But just stand and say, I accept Christ as personal Savior and sit down. That's mental. The new birth is an experience. It's the gift of God. It's the seal of your faith. The Holy Spirit is the seal. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. God made Abraham the promise. And Abraham believed God and was justified by faith and God giving the sign of circumcision as a seal. So he does today. We believe him. And then if you say you believe and do not receive the Holy Spirit, then you do not believe. Because God promised to give you the Holy Spirit when you did believe. And now in believing, you do not receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. Paul asked in Acts 19, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? It's the gift of God. And when, that, when the Spirit of God comes into a man, it quickens him, and then he becomes a new creature. He believes in the immortal God, and he believes that he does all things, and his heart's in tune with God, and how wonderful. In the Scriptures I want to read tonight, I was reading here today, which is, I've been studying quite a bit, in the Scriptures because I know perhaps after tomorrow night I have to take the services over myself for all of it. Always will miss. I miss Brother Baxter. We've been together so long, Brother Baxter and I, till he just seems like he's just a, become a part of me. I miss him when I go at the platform. I've had some services recently by myself and I look around for him. He's been my, not only my co-worker, but my pal. And he has to leave me now to go see about Africa and India, Germany, many other places, Palestine, French Jordan, for the overseas trip that's coming up 
just as quick as we can get it arranged. It has to go through some governmental affairs before they've already cut off all missionaries in India. You know that. So by Mr. Nehru having a dinner with him gives us a little prestige to get to go into India. And now, I've been studying a little so I could have the afternoon services and the evening services also. Perhaps during that time in preaching, we may have some services just as we used to just call the people up and pray for them. It looks to me like if the Bible was read and the scriptures were given and the people seen the Spirit of God move, look like I ought to make a believer out of everybody. There should not be one shadow of doubt left nowhere. Now, in Africa and other countries, that's all they have to see, just one thing performed. If they'd see someone just the supernatural move of God that convinces the whole entire audience. That's all they have to know. They believe it's right, and so they just accept it. They just start raising up off of cots and stretchers and wheelchairs and throwing away crutches and piling them up in the corners and walking away, testifying to one another. Just that simple. But now he's got to see that it's real. It's got to come from the Scripture. Then he believes. In Acts, the 27th chapter, I read these verses beginning with the 21st. After a long absence, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and are loose from Crete, and you have caused this, gained this great harm and loss. But now I exhort you to be of a good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. I listen. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told unto me. And may the Lord add his blessings to his word. The angel of the Lord coming to Paul in the hour of distress. Now, do you believe that angels die? They can't die. They're immortal beings. They are free from death. They cannot die. Now, then the angel that stood with Paul is still somewhere in existence tonight. The God that was met Paul on the road down to Damascus and shone around him like a big light, that same Lord Jesus is alive and risen tonight. There was a light that shone around. Is that right? A light. Perhaps maybe the same light that the children of Israel followed through the wilderness. A firelight, pillar of fire that led them in the darkness. I believe he's here tonight. I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I, his works... Now, you can say, you can believe that, Brother Brennan, that would be a theology. But if God confirms that to be the truth, then it's no longer theology, it's the truth if it is. It becomes a reality. Hebrews 11.2 said, God testifies of his gifts. 
A man can say most anything, and I will admit that there's been much said in the name of the Lord that is not of the Lord. But God would never testify or vindicate a lie. God will always vindicate truth and never a lie. God is not an author of lies and confusion. He's the author of peace and truth, holiness and righteousness, peace. God always testifies of the truth. And if someone comes by and says, Jesus is, has rose from the dead and has sent back the Holy Spirit, and you've never heard it, and then he speaks the gospel, you accept Christ as personal Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and proves that it's the same Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost, you have no right to doubt that man. He's told you the truth. That's right, because God has vindicated it with his word. And if someone comes by and says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and then reads out of the Bible to you what his life was and what he did, he didn't claim to be a great person, he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, he wasn't a raw, blusterous sort of a man, he was a quiet man, but yet he had kindness, but yet when it was time to speak, he could speak. He beat the thieves out of the money changers out of the temple and so forth and said, It's written, My house, Father's house has made a house of prayer and you've made a den to thieves. He could speak when it was necessary in that manner. But then he went about and he didn't claim to heal people. He said, It's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. And he passed by some crippled people, great multitudes of them, and he didn't heal any and healed a man on the palace. And the Jews questioned him about the man packing his bed and so forth. He said, Why, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. The people in the audience, in his audience, would begin to think about different things. He'd speak and he would know what they were thinking about. I'd say, Why reason your heart? Why do this? And so forth. He knew their thoughts. Now, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he has risen from the dead, he's living among men. Now, here's what he said. A little while and the world, not the word cosmos, it's the world order, the world, the unbeliever, in other words, will see me no more. Yet you'll see me, ye, the church, the believer, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the age. That makes him the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then what he was then, he is now, and will be forever. I don't see any loop before God. I can't see any loop for people to make an excuse of unbelief unless it's just purely unadulterated sin. That's unbelief. I was talking to someone today. They're talking on the word of sin. I said, drinking whiskey is not a sin. Smoking cigarettes is not sin. Living in adultery is not a sin. The lady raised up and said, Well, Brother Brenham, what is a sin? I said, That's the attributes of sin. Sin produces that. That isn't sin. That's what sin produces. I said, Because that you live good, that's not because you're a Christian. That's the attributes of Christian life. See, you are a sinner because you believe not. And Jesus said to the people, after he had performed his work, 
He said, Go ye and what no more? Sin no more. What would sin be then? Disbelieve no more. Our worst things than this will come up on you. So if God in His mercy will help and will show by the gospel and by signs and wonders that His presence is here, and you go and disbelieve it, well, that's between you and God. You might even be worse off than the sick people that's on the platform pretty soon. That has been in thousands of cases. Now, have faith in God. Just a little testimony, I feel, if I have time for it. i got ten minutes. The night of healing of Congressman Upshaw, how many ever heard of his healing? Let's see, many of you. He had been in England for years. God, who I stand before tonight, I never heard of the man in my life. Though he ran for president in 29, I was a little boy then. I didn't remember him. But I just walked into the place where thousands of people were gathered. There's probably as many wheelchairs as what's sitting around in here gathered. And I'd come to the platform. I was happened to be looking down through the audience and I seen a, a vision of a little boy playing on a haystack. And he fell and hurt his back. And a doctor with a white mustache had operated on him and didn't do no good. Saw him bore holes in the floor so he couldn't stand for the vibration of walking on the floor. And he be, I said, I see him become a great man and he... He makes speeches and so forth. Then he becomes even a greater person. And it left me. I happened to look around through all those places. They just brought the old man in, and he was in a wheelchair. Dr. Roy Davis, the missionary Baptist church that ordained me into the missionary Baptist church, was the one who sent him to me. The one who first told me I had a nightmare when the angel of the Lord came to me. Now he's preaching divine healing himself. <clears throat> so, he said in his letter, many of you read in the Voice of Healing, where it said, if I hadn't have been backslid in my own heart, I would have believed the boy in the beginning. And so, now, he sent him over there. And the old father said, there sits the old man there. So, I didn't know where he's going to be healed or not. I couldn't say. A colored woman was down this way. I've seen a doctor standing with tortoise shell glasses on right up over where was setting. And it operated on a little colored girl and paralyzed her from taking her tonsils down. When I spoke what I had seen, a typical Aunt Jemima type of an old colored sister, way down, way out, let out a scream, and here she comes knocking ushers every way, bringing her baby. She said, that was the kind of man that operated on my baby. And I looked, and it was the same little girl. Said, will my baby ever be well? I said, I don't know, Andy. I can't say. I only can say what I see. The prayer line had not been called. Then I looked again, and she was crying, and they formed some ushers to keep her from bringing it up on the platform because I don't think the woman even had a prayer card or anything to get into the line. The ambulance had just brought the case up. And looked back again. I seen a, something materializing over the audience. It looked like a street, and when it got straightened out, it was a street or a road. And here went this little colored girl walking down the road with this doll in her arm, rocking it like this. That settles it. All the devils in hell couldn't stop it then. That's all. I said, Auntie, 
God has rewarded you. said, What you mean? I said, Your baby is healed. She said, Oh, Lord. She began to scream. She said, You mean my baby's going to get well? I said, It's well now. And the little girl raised up and said, Look here, Mother. And people began screaming and fainting. And the little girl-colored mother puts her hands in one another and walked out of the building rejoicing. Now, I never healed the child, did I? I never touched the child. Her faith in God's what did it. I only said what he told me to say. Then I looked back. I suppose Brother Baxter is sitting around somewhere. He was standing present at the time. Maybe a lot of people else was, was, was here tonight was there. But I happened to look going down across the audience like a shadow. And here went that old congressman who had been sitting in a wheelchair. He had been crippled in England for 66 years. Fell when he was 17, was 86 years old. Congressman William D. Upshaw, congressman of the United States. 17 years of service. They'd wheel him in a little bed part of the time in a wheelchair. He had crutches with things over to fit over him. So when he got up, they could... Many of you knew him, perhaps. You heard him speak. How many ever know Congressman Upshaw was sure? You know. All right. And there he was sitting there. And I looked, and I seen him with a pinstripe suit on, brown and white pinstripe suit, going walking down across that audience in a, like a vision, going, tipping his hat. He's the one who got me started on these hats like that. He wore them, tipping his hat like that, very southern with his hospitality, bowing to the people, I knew he was healed. So I, the vision had caught me so far to I staggered or the impact of the Spirit of God. I'm sure you believers understand what I'm talking I tried. You say, oh, Brother Bram, that wouldn't make... Why did it make Jesus so weak to even the, the waves didn't wake him up in the boat? Why did he say, virtue has gone from me? Why did the angel on the pool come down and heal one person and pull the whole angel off the pool maybe for a month? Don't understand. Why was Daniel troubled at his head for many days when he saw one vision? See? It's hard to understand, but you just have to believe. Then I started to stagger. I said, it seems like if the congressman of God was going to heal him, now he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention for years. He had been prayed for by thousands of people. Mr. Jaggers out on the West Coast who had a campaign there had prayed for him many times. Mr. Ogilvie, Mr. Ogilvie, I believe, had prayed for him several times. All around different people had prayed for him for 66 years. I said, seems like God would have healed you when you was just a little bitty boy, when your bones were, were had calcium in them and not waiting to get old and brittle like this. But the Lord Jesus has made you whole right now. Stand up. And there a man who had been an invalid and stood for the right. He would have been president of the United States if he hadn't stood for, against whiskey. But he took on the dry ticket and was defeated because America didn't have enough Christians to back him up. But God had grace to back him. And when he was an old man sitting there, 86 years old, the power that raised Christ from the grave took that old twisted-up body and straightened him out and made him a perfect whole man right there. And he walked to the platform, a normal man, touching his toes to the floor, 
traveled through the United States and everywhere to England and before Churchill and all of them testifying of the glory of God. Healed. I never even touched the man. Never had nothing to do with it. His faith in God's what healed him. I never even prayed for him. He had been prayed for enough. But it was just this time God just revealed it. Looked like when God would have told Hezekiah was talking to God, the prophet went up and told him, Set your house in order, you're going to die. You're not coming off of this bed. And the prophet done, he had the vision. The prophet went and told the king just exactly what the Lord told him. And Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and no, that was the prophet. So he began to weep bitterly and he said, Lord, I beseech thee to consider me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. Wouldn't you like to have that testimony? That I need fifteen years. What for? To run around? No. For the kingdom of God's sake. Tear down the altars of Balaam and build up the altars of God and set the place in order. That's right. Now, look here. The greatest military and uh, one of the greatest Christians that we call it today in the nation. Now, here it is. I want you to get it. The king, not an unbeliever, a true believer, a worshiper of God in prayer, sincere, weeping with his face to the wall on his deathbed. Looked like God would have spoke to him. He's the greatest figure in the nation as far as politics was concerned. He was the king. But God has his own ways of doing things. Instead of doing that, the prophet had done gone. So he spoke to the prophet and said, Return back and tell him. I heard his prayer. Go to spare him for 15 years. God speaking to his prophet to go tell him. Now, it wasn't the prophet's prayer that healed the king. It was the king's own prayer. But God spoke to the prophet and told him what he... See what I mean? Amen. I hope you see that. Get what I mean? Now, he's the same God tonight. Now, look what prayer does. Prayer changed from death to life. God had said the man's going to die. And I believe Isaiah told the truth. He was born to prophet. And his words were true and came from God. And then Hezekiah's prayer changed the opinion of God. Oh, my. I like that. Prayer changes things. It's the most powerful force that God ever put in the hands of man. It is a sincere prayer offered to God. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. Believe it. Try it once and see if it isn't true. Just remember a little case. Just I've only, it's really time right now, but you'll pardon me just a moment. I just come home off of that revival. It just comes through my mind. It happened just below here. And I was going away to area Pennsylvania, my pal, Brother Baxter, and all of us were going up there for a meeting, have a few meetings up in Ohio, Toledo. Maybe some of you here might have been from Toledo meeting and up, and that's where I was at. And I, when I got home, a Baptist preacher, the pastor of the Milltown Baptist Church, Brother Hall, my brother Wood, I see you laughing because I know you know him, and you know the case. 
Brother Beeler, you do too. <clears throat> Fine man, one of my converts, was ordained as the Baptist minister of the Milltown Baptist Church, Milltown, Indiana, where a little girl had been healed, belonged to the Church of Christ that wanted to run me out of the city. And the little girl had been laying on her back nine years and eight months with TB and hadn't even moved from her back. For nine years and eight months, Miss George E. Carter, right to her, go down to see her, it's not very far, two hours drive. And she'd been laying for nine years. You see your doctor, any of them you want to, this neighborhood. And all the neighborhood said, let that holy roller preacher come down and heal her. Then we'll believe. That's just a lie of the devil. If you won't believe by the preaching of the gospel, you won't believe anyhow. You were maybe ordained not to believe. You may be on the unbeliever's side. But they said if that girl could be healed, well, the father and mother, the father was a deacon in the church, and they said if any of the church members ever went to one of my meetings, they just might as well get their papers and leave the church. Because that was all. They didn't believe it. It was right. It was the devil. So, well, finally the little girl cried so hard that I went out one afternoon. The mother and father left the room, wouldn't even come in. Nothing. I went and had prayer for them, went on out. The poor little thing cried so hard that day. She said if she could get healed, she believed that she could be healed. I looked at the, the other day. Did you ever see her bed there? Have you ever been in a room there that before she, on the rounds of the bed where she had her little hands back until she couldn't raise her hands this way no more? And she, she had uh, pulled all the paint off the bed. And she weighed around 37 pounds. She's 26 years old. And been laying there for nine years and eight months without moving off her back. Excuse this expression. They couldn't put her on a bedpan. They had a rubber sheet, just pulled a draw sheet. Her limbs up here were approximately about that big around. And I never seen you ought to see her picture. And when she'd go to spit in the sputumin cup, she'd go, <laughs> and they'd have to raise the cup up. That's the way it was. She hadn't seen the trees or nothing. And her mother, a fairly young woman, her early fifties, had turned completely gray and stricken with palsy, sitting for nine years watching her baby die. Without a, it started into the throat, went down through the chest, into the female organs, and through her. TB. They give her up five years before that. And I went out to baptize some Methodist brother, and I'm not saying this in any harm to you, but he made fun of immersing, and I've been baptizing over there at Totten's Ford, baptizing by immersing. And he'd had a revival out there, and he said, Them Baptists ain't nothing, but so I forget what he called me. And so when his converts were standing on the bank, I walked out into the river to baptize, and God, my judge, every one of his converts walked right out with their good clothes on, was baptized that afternoon. And, uh, that's right. Mr. Smith, Reverend Mr. Smith, the Methodist Church. So I went up to Mr. Wright's to have dinner. And it's way in the country, in the hill. And so I said, something tells me to go over in the woods and pray. And so Brother Wright said, now when you hear Ma ring and the bell, said it's time to come for dinner. I said, all right. And the evening sun was setting. And so when I went over there and I knelt down to pray, and the stickers began to stick me, you know, greenbriars. I got up and moved over a little farther, and chips were so hard on my knees I couldn't pray. Be careful when them things happening. It's the devil. God's trying to do something right then. When you see the fight coming on. So I just got 
just threw up my hands and I began weeping. I said, Lord, have mercy. I don't know why. And I got lost in prayer. I didn't know how long I was praying. And I could hear that bell ringing, but I couldn't get to myself. And just caught away. Now, after they done sent out search parties over through the woods hunting for me, and as I was standing there with my hands up, I happened to look through a little dogwood bush, and here was this same light hanging up there in that dogwood bush, and a light shining down through it, and a voice said, Go by the way of Carter's, for thus saith the Lord. She's going to be healed. I, didn't, I rose up real quick. I started running down through the woods, and I jumped over a little fence and right into the arms of Brother Wright. He said, Brother Bram said, Mother's got supper on the table. Said it. Why? Well, I said, I, We don't know where you... What's been the matter? I said, We can't eat now, Brother Wright, for the Lord is going to heal little Georgie Carter. said, When does she go be healed? I said, Just as soon as we get there. For I just met the angel of the Lord there in that dogwood bush, and he told me to go by the way of Carter's. And... He said, and a fellow by the name of Mr. Brace had just brought his wife from Texas. He said, Brother Branham, can I go with you to see it done? I said, you're welcome. So we got in, and at the same time, her mother, and I'll give her her address, and I want each one of you to write and see in her own testimony, or go down and see her just a little way. Ask through the city and everywhere. And so on the road down, while her mother, the little girl had been so weeping so that she wanted to come and be baptized that afternoon. But I prayed for her, but she hadn't been healed. And so I'd, uh, on the road, before I got there, her mother said she just couldn't stand to see the little girl cry. So she went into the other room and she knelt. Now, here's her testimony. I, can't, I can only repeat her words. Said she went in and knelt down and raised up her hand. She said, Lord God, we've served you, Reverend, over here in this church. My husband, the deacon. And I've done all that I know how to do. And said, that imposter, William Branham, has come through here and got my little girl all stirred up, and there she lays dying. And there she is all stirred up about this divine healing thing. Said, Lord, why you let a person like that live? And she just sang horrible things. And said, why did he come through here to do this? And what have I ever done to cause this? Now, here's what she said. She opened her eyes while in prayer, and her daughter, they live in a lovely big home there, and so... Her daughter from the next door, she thought, was coming over. She seen a shadow, the sun coming through the window on the wall. And she thought it was her daughter, but when she looked, it wasn't. It was someone with a robe on with beard hanging down. He said, who's that coming? And said, she looked over here, and she seen me coming with my Bible over my heart like this, the high forehead here, walking like that, and two men follow me. And said, she said, oh, I, I must have went to sleep. I, I, I was dreaming. And she ran in and said, Georgie? She said, what, Mother? She said, I, I, something's happened. She said, I was out there praying and, and I, 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 I dreamed or something. She said, I thought I'd seen Jesus coming. He pointed me over to... And just about that time, she heard a door slam. And there, I was getting out of the car. God works on both ends of the line. Bible over the heart. Them two men, Mr. Wright and Mr. Hall, or Mr. Brace, following me, coming up the steps, and the mother fainted. The little girl, I don't know how I ever got in the door, opened the door, walked over where she was. Brother, I don't care how many demons would be present, 
whatever be there, God has done spoken and nothing can change it. His words are true. They're forever lasting from everlasting true. There laid a little believer laying there in the midst of persecution and everything still with her little heart centered on God believing it. And in prayer, wasn't my prayer, it was her prayer. I walked towards the bed, I said, Sister Carter, the Lord Jesus in whom you've trusted all these years has sent his angel out here in the woods and has told me to come down and lay my hands upon you that you might be made well. I said, therefore, take no thought of how you shall do it, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up. How was she going to do it with legs that big and never moved off the bed in nine years and eight months? And God, who is my solemn judge, in five minutes from then was out in the yard walking around, blessing the trees and blessing the grass, perfectly normal and well. And here come the Baptist preacher from, there come her father came down the road, coming from his barn, packing a little milk, and he heard his mother had come to the self and they were screaming and crying and carrying on. They didn't know what had happened. He thought the little girl might have died, so he hurried real quick. He rushed into the front door. The critic, making fun, what did he find? His little daughter sitting at the organ playing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. Clever all a healing stream flows from Calvary's fountain. He fainted in the floor, dropped his milk. Candidate is working with the mother out in the room and all screaming while they had the whole city out there in a few moments. But did they turn to Christ? No. She is my piano player in the Middletown Baptist Church tonight. That's been about six years ago. Never been to bed with as much as a bad cold since. Nine years and eight months without moving off the bed. Brother, still they live in unbelief down there. It's all the devil done it. That's past redemption. Look! I haven't time or something else I was going to tell you about that pastor, I'll maybe tomorrow night. Friend, I had nothing to do with the healing of that girl. I only told her what he told me. I had nothing to do with the healing of anyone. It's your faith in God that does the healing, like your faith in God does the salvation. Jesus, when he died at Calvary, he, there on Calvary, he purchased your healing and salvation. Nineteen hundred years ago, every sick person in here was healed. Nineteen hundred years ago, every sinner in here was forgiven. But it will never do you any good until you accept it. Now, the only, if a man comes through and he said, I am a divine healer, I have something I'll do for you, the man has... Really, maybe I'd say this, he might be sincere, but he doesn't understand the Scripture. And the man is, is bearing witness of something that isn't true. I'm a fundamentalist, and it must come from thus saith the law. But brother, sister, tonight, I'm telling you the truth that our Lord Jesus in this end-day time is, has appeared unto the give glory to all his people and to bring salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit to those who believe, and healing of the body to every believer. May you believe tonight as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for 
Jesus, the Son of God. And for his remembrance of we poor unworthy creatures, Gentiles, carried away with dumb idols, one time alienated from God without hope, without God, without Christ in the world, dying, going to a sinner's grave, a devil's hell. And then Christ came along and died for us and redeemed us to God. I just can't understand that kind of love, Lord. How did you do it? Why did you do it? Oh, I'm so happy you did. It's such amazing grace. Unconditionally called us when our nature was against you. No man can come to me except my Father draws him. And the Holy Spirit brought us and we come to Christ. He gave us the new birth. Now we are believers. And then besides that, coming back in our midst and confirming his word with signs following. God gripped the heart of every person here tonight in a special way. Bless this little city, Lord. We realize it needs an old-fashioned revival as all the other cities do. But we're so thankful that they give us the privilege of coming to this stadium, letting us have these places, the men, the city officials, or whoever's behind it. God, I pray that you'll never let them bite the dust of hell. May they be saved. Grant it, Lord, for this kind of act. Bless all the churches. Some of them are unbelief. Some of them will not believe. We know, Father, but we pray that your grace will be extended to them anyhow. And from our hearts, we mean that. Thou knowest our hearts. We pray that the revival will be a help to every church and all the surrounding churches everywhere. And then to thy children who is born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, God meek in their hearts, let them walk worthy of this great calling that we've been called, going about living for you and teaching others, praying for them and ministering to the sick and the wayward, the down and out. Granted, Father, we don't know how much longer we have to do this, but someday I too got to come down to the end of the road. I see it, Lord, as these hard, strenuous nights days are passing, shoulders are stooping. It won't be long. I, too, will have to answer. But I've asked you a long time ago, Lord, I don't want any trouble at the river. I want everything clear when crossing time comes. And when I get there that day, I want to take the old sword of life here and stick it back in the sheath of eternity. Raise up my hands, take off the helmet, lay down the shield, scream, send out the lifeboat. I want to come over. Bear our weary souls and across Jordan into a better land where there's no sickness and no more prayer for the sinner or for the sick. We'll be with Jesus then. Father, tonight may this meeting be the cause of many preparing for that time. And beyond that and outside of that, may many the sick and all the sick and the afflicted be healed, for we ask it in Christ's name.
Amen. You just have faith in God. God will heal you. He's, he's already done it. You just accept it while you're out there. That's all. You just have to accept it and say, I believe it right now. No matter what you feel, that it, is that, he never did say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? Did you believe it? Now let's take about, let's take the first part of them old prayer cards, about the first 15 of them in life. Jesus, just to look to him tonight, and God will make you well sitting right here, no matter what your conditions are. If you people around here could have faith, there sits a man sitting there come always in South Africa to bring his wife to be healed. Flew her over here from South Africa. That's right, is it, sir? God bless you. God bless you, sister. I know where your trouble is. I seen you even last night. I see your trouble. I'm just waiting to see if something happens. I'll call you when he tells me. I'm praying for you that you can go back home without your wheelchair. Well, I want to be over there when you get there so you can testify. Oh, yes, <laughs> but there's people here who wouldn't walk across the street. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> Who's got prayer card O number? The Barblade, probably that light that shone around Paul that knocked him down on the road to Damascus. Is that right? It was a fire that followed the pillar of fire. Now watch, a pillar of fire. He never said a thunderhead of fire. He never said a big bank of fire. He said a pillar of fire. You know what a pillar is? A fire. Now, Mr. George J. Lacey, here's this copy of this. You can have a photostatic copy if you wish. It's in the book here, on both of the books, a photostatic copy. Only this is copyrighted. I have to get permission to get these. They're not mine, and I don't. There's not one penny of it. Commercial, no sir. Just exactly cost. So the Douglas Studios in Houston, Texas, has it. I have nothing to do with it. Mr. Lacey here, which is the head of the FBI, the best fingerprint, and on the that there is in the United States, and of course we believe in the world. He had it for several days. He said it looked like an amber light through the violet rays and things he was putting it through, a whipping, milling fire. And you who've got the picture, look at it real close. Look at the blaze running around it, you see? How it's flipping, burning around. Now, that is the one who comes to this platform, not your brother, not your brother, it's him. And to my opinion, God... Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is just the same today as he was when he met Paul. I believe the angel of God, that light that come into the prison that night where Paul, Peter was in prison, I believe it's the same angel of God today, don't you believe? A shining light that comes in. I believe the one was with Paul out there on the eye, out in the ship that night is just the same today, don't you think so? Look how certain Paul was. He said, now look, 14 days and nights, no, no hope. For him ever to be saved, he said, be of a good cheer, for the angel of God has said this. And it will be just exactly what he said, where said, wherefore, sir, I believe God will be just as it was shown to me. Now you watch close. Now listen to what he says, not what I say. What he says. And whatever he says when that anointing is moving, it's, you can chase it back, it's on the tape recorder. 
We keep those for that purpose. You watch and see if it isn't just exactly. Trace anywhere through the world that you want to and find one time out of thousands of things that is predicted even years ahead. And see if one time it's ever failed to come to pass just exactly the way it said it would. How many knows that is traced around everywhere? Let's see your hands. There you are. And all those testimonies in those books, they're of doctors' bona fide statements. Don't be afraid to write in and see if they're right. Trace them down. See if they're right. And that's just some of the thousands. Now let's softly, if you will, so we can get in the spirit of prayer. And now all the little children and everything, if you will, be real good tonight for the next few moments. And maybe our Lord Jesus is coming down, the one your Sunday school teacher tells you about, and he's going to try to help dad and mother and your little friend's father and mother and so forth. That's what he's here for. I was, my boy told me, I said Tuesday night, it's Wednesday night the meeting ends. It wasn't, it wasn't Tuesday, it was Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night. All right, thank you. All right, now the, the patient. Will you stop that praying? Before the Holy Spirit even come to the woman, it's flashed to you, sister. I, I, someday in the great day to come, you'll maybe understand that light that you see on the picture is right here now. It isn't, isn't a f two feet from me right now. That is true. It's another sense. I, I can tell it where it's at. I know it's near. I seen a strike over that little girl just then and come right back up here again to the platform. Now, a lady, of course, I, I don't know you, sister. But coming reverently, if you do come to believe God and believe that He's here to help you, well, the only thing that I could do as a minister would be tell you what Jesus said in his word, and then that's all I could do as a minister. Then God has given me a gift <clears throat> that I might maybe do something else. It's a gift of being a seer or a prophet or whatever you want to call it, a servant, with a divine gift that come on when I was a baby. A little bitty baby. I wasn't, I believe Mama said I was probably about three or four minutes old when she opened up a little wooden window and here it came in. See, I had nothing to do with it. It's God's love. And if I'd have had my choice of my ministry, it certainly wouldn't have been this. It would have been something else. I'd like to have been like Mr. Baxter, a preacher. But this is what he wants me to do and I'm happy to do it for him because he's lauded me this to do, to pray for his sick people. Ministers don't get the criticism and things that we do on this. It's not the cross. It's not the thing that wearies you through the night and burden the people and so forth. Your faith don't have to go and challenge such as it does here. So it'd been much popular and nicer if I could just been a minister and had a great big church somewhere and preached the gospel. But it wasn't my life. I can say now, as talking to you, you are 
you're a very sick person. You've been to a doctor recently, and he knows that you're very sick. You have kind of a bowel trouble. Isn't that right? I was trying to see what he wrote on that chart. If I'm not mistaken, some kind of a tumor's condition in the bowel. Is that true? Well, you know I wasn't there. But the one that's standing here now was there. Do you believe now if I ask him that you'll get well? You do? Come here just a minute. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth and author of everlasting life and giver of every good gift, I pray thee, Father, to be merciful to this our sister who is very sick. I pray for divine guidance for her and her decisions in the future. And Almighty God, spare her life knowing that Satan has determined to put her in a premature grave. I ask you to heal her. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, sister. Go happy. Go rejoicing. May the Lord bless you. All right. Just before it kind of gets me to a place where can heart, you just don't realize people. Sometimes I stand and talk to people on the street, and I'm wondering where I'm seeing the vision of that person standing on the street or whether I'm really talking to them when these meetings go so long. You don't realize what it means. Just a little testimony while I'm resting. Every person in here, where did that lady go that was just prayed for? Did she, was she here? Our lady, what he told you, was that the truth? Was that truth? What he told you about you, or was that the truth? I mean, what was said here, is that the truth? If it is, raise up your hand. That ought to make every person in here believe. They ought to have to have one more thing. Now, Moses, when he committed his sign one time to the people, they all believed him from then on. Is that right? Didn't have to do no more. Moses, every time he met a Hebrew, he didn't have to do it. That's why I believe sometimes I, I, I do wrong. But just taking first one, then the other, and then one, and then the other, and then one, and then the other, I think it's wrong. It ought to be committed, and then if that's the truth, then that ought to settle it right there and go on. That ought to be all right. Then you'd believe me what I say, and here's what I'm saying. Here's the doctrine. Here's what I'm telling you. Every person in here has been healed for 1,900 years ago as far as God is concerned. If you can believe it, then accept it. Go home and you'll get well. Now, that's true. Here's some time ago... Is a lady come into the meeting and she had, she had a stomach trouble and she was prayed for. And after she left, I seen her going away eating. And so I told her, I said, you're going to be well, lady. You go eat what you want to now. So she goes home and tries to do what I told her. And did she get sick? My. And she, for three or four weeks, she tried to eat and she just couldn't do it. She'd just eat and just burn her and she'd vomit and everything. So one morning she was standing washing her dishes. I got her testimony. That's one of the many, of course. And so she's washing her dishes and she said her stomach was burning her so bad 
from eating, and she got real hungry. So she turned around. One of the children had left a piece of toast on the table, so she picked it up and started eating the toast, and she thought I'd, she'd have to vomit it up again in a few moments, and so it didn't bother, didn't burn. She said she eat some oats, and that usually really upset her, and it didn't bother. So she drank a cup of coffee, and it didn't bother. Said she just felt good, and she waited for about an hour, no ill effects. So she had a neighbor down the street about a, oh, about two blocks from there that had a growth on the side of her neck, just a little fungus growth, fatty tumor. And so it told her that she was going to be well. So she closed up the house and ran down the street real quick rejoicing and went to tell her neighbor about what had happened. She could eat. She was feeling fine. And when she got there, she found her neighbor screaming to the top of her voice. The girls had left her throat that morning. So you know what had happened? They come back in the meeting. Brother Baxter will remember. They come back in the meeting. A few weeks after that, six weeks or more had passed. What if she had disbelieved? Now, what happens? Sometime when a blessing is pronounced, maybe it won't happen right then, but it's got to happen. Look, Daniel prayed, and the angel of the Lord heard him, but couldn't get to him for how many days? Twenty-one days. Now, what happened? That blessing had been pronounced upon the woman. The vision had been seen. What was her trouble and what she was going to be? Now, sometimes they don't even tell them. If it turns light around them, I just let it go. If it turns dark, I let it go. Because dark means that they're not going to. But if sometimes prayer changes things. Look at Hezekiah. Let's, they're in Africa. Did you attend any of the services in Africa, sir? You did. Were you there the night? I, I believe this was at, at um, where we had that over at... Um, Durban, where that woman told her she's just going to live a little while. A woman had, I believe, a female trouble. Just as healthy and strong as any woman you ever seen. Walked across the platform and it told her, said, now you have a, a, a little a tumor or something, a little fibric tumor or something on the ovary. Your doctor said, yes. She said, that's the truth. And I said, prepare for death for you're not going to live but a little bit. And in 30 minutes, she was a corpse. Because I've seen him packing her away in the vision. And I knew she was done already. But if it just turned dark, then prayer could change it. I just let them go. But when it says anything, you believe just that thing, and it'll be just that way. See? You want. Now, it's your faith. It's your, I, could, I could pray for you. But it depends what this is to do. Now, you're saying, woman, I've never seen her in my life. I know nothing about her. God knows that. You, don't, you know me, lady? You don't know nothing about me. We're perfect strangers. I don't know her. Now, she just happens to be one standing here close. Now, God might not say one word to the woman. I don't know. But maybe he will. I, I don't know. But I can only say what he tells me to say. And then when he, and if he doesn't say anything, I'll just have to say, well, I'll offer prayer for her and let her pass on by. If he says something, then that'll be different. It'll be just exactly what he said. Now, I want you to be reverent. And what had happened in that case now, the angel of the Lord, after he knew them blessings was pronounced, he passed through the neighborhood confirming the word. That's all there was to it. It's the same thing. Now, lady, as we being strangers, I do not know you. God knows I don't know you. The Bible laying before me, and God who is, is present now knows that I don't know you. I've never seen you. And if you're, if you're up here for... Some good, 
I pray that you get it. I pray that God will reveal it and make it known unto you. Something to help you. And if, uh, if you're up here in pretension, you'll know that in a little bit too. Because he'll, he'll call that to you also. He is God. See? And we're just man and woman. But you're up here to be prayed for for a heart condition. Isn't that right? Very bad heart condition. I tell you what the trouble is. The bowels of your heart is closing up. Isn't that right? You haven't got much longer to live unless God has mercy. And here's one of the main things, lady. Do you believe me to be God's prophet? You do. I believe that, lady. The same Jesus Christ that talked to the woman at the well knowed her troubles, knowed just what was causing her trouble, didn't he? The main thing you need tonight is Jesus Christ as personal Savior. You're a sinner. Is that That's right. You've done wrong and never accepted Christ. Will you now accept Him as your personal Savior? You do accept Him now as your Savior. And you ask Him to have mercy, and if He'll let you live from this uh, uh, heart condition, which I see your doctor shaking his head, that there's not a chance for you, but... If God will let you live, will you promise to serve Him all the days of your life and live for Him? You will. Come here just a moment. Almighty God, Your Spirit that was at the Samaritan well that day, as upon Your beloved Son, Christ Jesus, has returned to the earth to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, and to confirm and make the words true that He said, These things that I do shall you do also. And greater than this will you do, for I go to my Father. Here's a woman standing here, Lord, who's asking mercy and pardon for her sinful life. And she now surrenders her life to you. And we're taught that all things work together for good to them that love you. And she's dying, Lord, with this heart condition. I pray that you heal her. And may your Spirit come upon her and forgive every sin. And may she go away from here tonight and get well and serve you all the days of her life. In Jesus' name I ask this blessing. Amen. You are a Christian now. Now go and sin no more, and you'll get well. God bless you. Amen. So let her testify this. I said, I'm so happy. Now I'm ready to go. I don't care whether I get well or not. Thanks be to God. To you critics who would criticize our Lord Jesus Christ, what about that? He's the Lord yet. Believe Him, do you? Have faith in Him. God shall bring it to pass. You feel better, don't you? little lady sitting there next to you wants to get well, too. She's got eczema. Isn't that right? It's inside, but you got Is that right? The lady sat down there. She's just been saved. God's with her. A light's whirling all around her. See? And you go home and be... Lady that just got saved, lay your hand over on the lady there. The Lord bless her now, and may she be healed. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. The both of you. All right, come, lady. Do you believe with all your heart do you believe these things comes from God? Even if I didn't even say, if He didn't tell me one thing about you, yet you'd believe anyhow, would you? If I just say, I pray for you, you'd be all right, would it? Now that's faith. How many believe the same thing? You say, just ask the prayer for me, I'll get all right. 
thank you. Now faith has begun to move. A wall of faith moving up each night, getting stronger and stronger. If we can just hold out and keep moving, you're going to see something break loose here that you've never seen before. There'll be more than cripples walking. It'll be the glory of God if you just only believe. Now may the Lord Jesus grant these things and be merciful to us. Now I want to talk to you, lady. We are strangers, are we? We are strangers, yes, ma'am. I've never seen you in my life. Don't know nothing about you. That's true. But God knows all about you. But I perceive that you are a Christian. You are a Christian woman. And you're from a Christian family. That's right. You have a sick husband. Is that right? Isn't that the man standing right there? That's right. You're suffering diabetes, aren't you, sir? Is that right? Just walk around this way. You don't have to come in the line. Look here. You're in a serious condition. You have a cancer. Is that right? The cancer is on the breast. You also have liver trouble. You have kidney trouble. You have a heart trouble. Your doctor can't operate on you, he said. Because if he give you anesthetic, take the cancer out, the anesthetic on your heart and condition would kill you. Is that right? If that's right, raise your hand. Come here just a minute. Almighty God, author of life and giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon this poor mortal. May she and her husband go home and be well and live happy for many years. Cursed be this cancer and all the diseases of her body and the heart trouble. In Jesus Christ's name, may it leave her. Amen. God bless you, lady. Go rejoicing and be happy, and the Lord be with you. All right. Have faith in God, and God shall bring all things to pass. How do you do, young man? Do you believe what you have seen to be the Spirit of God? I most certainly have. I thank you. I, I thank you for that. You are um, some kind of an attendant in some kind of a sanitarium or something. Isn't that right? I believe it's a sanitarium, middle of place. That's right. You've been struck on the jaw, and it's caused you to have headaches. Is that right? Go home. You're going to get over it, brother. God's going to make you well. God bless you. Amen. All right. Come, little honey. Bless this little heart. Heart trouble. Let's bow our heads a minute for this baby. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray for mercy for the little one. May she be made well. May she go and be healed as I lay my hands up on her and ask for mercy. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. God bless you, honey. You believe you're going to get well now? Jesus loves you. Did you know that? Now, if he was here, he could know what was wrong with you. And he'd lay his hands up on you and bless you, and you'd get over that heart trouble when you get well. Will you believe Jesus sent Brother Branham to do that? God bless you. Say, if you got a, one of your loved ones that's kind of deaf or hard of hearing, isn't that right? Some of your people, it's a little hard of hearing out there. Hmm? Now, you go over and put your hand over on her now when you go down there, and she'll get well, too. God bless you. Lady, would you like to go home and eat supper like you used to and enjoy it? Well, go ahead. God be with you and bless you and make you good. God bless you. Your stomach trouble will leave you. God be with you and help you. All right, lady, you come. 
Have faith in God. You want to get over that gallbladder trouble sitting there, lady? Or just stand up. He made you well a while ago. I've seen him do it, but I just waited till you got her. God bless you. Now go in your go. Got gallstones there. Go to pass, and they'll be all right. Don't fear them. Awful nervous, aren't you, lady? That's the devil that makes you that way. It's really, you think there's many things wrong, but nervousness is what the main thing is that makes you feel like everything's wrong. Like a black bolt comes from you, like a cloud or something. It's a wave, like a breath moving. You get scared. Many times in the evening times when the sun is sinking low, you get real weary, don't you? Is that right? Many times you think you're going to lose your mind, but you're not. See, you're like, you're not. You're going to be all right. Do you believe me as his servant? Then, it, right, right, listen, if this is right, you've often prayed and wanted a place to where you could, say, you could set your foot to start from. Isn't that right? All right, this is your footstep. Go now and be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Have faith in God. Come, lady. You believing? All your heart? All right. That's the way to do. Have faith in God. You believe me he's his prophet? You do. You look like a mighty healthy woman to be in your condition, but you are sick. Two burglars. You believe he'll make you well? Come here. Lord Jesus, I pray that you heal the woman. May this evil leave her, and may she go and be made well. In the name of thy holy child, Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you, lady. Go now rejoice and be happy in your name. All right. Don't fear. Only have faith and believe, my sister. And God will grant these things to you. All right. Yes, ma'am. You go do as I tell you to do. You go out of here just being happy and thankful and rejoicing, it'll leave you. See? See? Now, you believe that? If you'll do what I tell you. Just let the negative testimony be gone from now on. Go saying, thank you, Lord. I believe you with all my heart. Because his own word even here says you're healed. If you just go believe it, you'll be all right. God bless you now. Go rejoice. All right. You don't get over your back trouble, sir? Just reach down like this and say, Praise the Lord. Go on your road rejoicing, sir. You're healed. Let's say, Praise be to God. Believe God now. You believe with all your heart? Do you believe that God would reveal something to me? What your condition is, you would accept your healing? You would. You have heart trouble, don't you? Yes, sir. Let me tell you, you have something that bothers you, too, that makes that heart trouble worse. You have a habit. Yes, smoking. Is that right? Forsake it. God don't want nobody to smoke. Forget the thing, go on, you get over your heart trouble. God bless you. God bless you, brother. May the Lord Jesus bless you and make you well. All right, come, lady. 
You believe? You want to give that female trouble? Yes. Let's go thank God for you. Oh, glory to God. Have faith now. Don't doubt. You've been wanting to quit smoking too, haven't you? Isn't that right? All right, rise up from there now and accept your salvation from God, and you'll, the cigarettes will leave you, and you won't have to fool with them no more. That's an unclean spirit. That thing tries to haunt on the people. All right. You want to go the heart trouble? All right. God heal the man, I pray, and make him well. In Jesus' name, amen. Go rejoice and say, thank you, Lord, and be made well. All right, you believe, sister? Now, I said heart trouble kind of make you shake, didn't it? Because that's what was wrong with you. He had a nervous heart, but you got a blocked heart. Come here. Just a minute. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will heal the little girl, seeing that she stands here just a young woman. May your mercies be upon her and heal her. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. The reason I prayed for you was this. You're wondering there if I was going to pray for you, because that's what you wanted me to do was to pray for you. All right. Come, sir. Do you believe me to be his servant? You do. Go eat your supper then. Stomach troubles that. you got a peptic ulcer in your stomach, which is caused from a nervous condition, causes you your food to sour and crampy. Is that right? In there. It's left you now. Go eat your supper. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lord Jesus, make you well. Let's say thanks be to God. Brother, just wait just a minute. Come here, I want to talk to you again just a minute. Say thanks be to God. Do you believe Him with all your heart? Now, I wish that you would just do this. That you would just look this way and believe, every person. Just look and say, Lord, I truly believe. You, you know that you're over your habit now, don't you, brother? <laughs> That lady sitting there with that kidney trouble and rectal trouble, too, isn't it, lady? You can be healed if you want to, if you'll accept your healing. The Lord Jesus bless you. God be with you now. Have faith in Him. Don't doubt. Of course, you see this lady here with a garter on her throat. You could look and see that was a garter. The lady sitting next to her looks all right, but she's got sinus trouble. Isn't that right, lady? If that's right, raise your hand. That's right. What do you think about it, young lady? You believe too? you got arthritis, haven't you? That's right, raise up your hand. Sure. You can be made well if you just only have faith and believe. You know, give her that hernia, sir, sitting there. Believe it, believe it to heal you. Raise up your hand. Say, I accept it. God bless you. Thank you. The rest of you want to be healed? What about some of you out there? What about that lady in the stretcher? Do you believe, lady? Yeah, you the ones looking that way. Look this way. you believe me? You do? you believe me to be God's prophet? You do? Uh-huh. I don't know you. You don't know me. But you've had an operation. Is that right? That was for cancer. Is that right? But you've got a severe kidney trouble now. Is that, if that's true, raise up your hand. Why don't you accept your healing? You do. Well, stand up on your feet, then. Jesus Christ will make you well. 
All right, how many rest of you want to accept your healing while she's while she's here? You believe? Stand up on your feet. Everybody here wants to stand on your feet. Lay your hands on one another. Lay your hands on Almighty God, Author of Life. Send my blessings upon the people. I now condemn every sickness in the building. I now rebuke every demon of power. Come out of the people. Leave them in the name of Jesus Christ.